The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Weird couple of weeks here for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Tough Christmas Day game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now they're geared up for a tough matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 17. So we'll start things off on today's show with Chiefs Coast to Coast. Just kind of Highlighting some of the Chiefs' issues in Week 16 against the Raiders. After that, it's the Out of Structure podcast discussing all of the ugly from the Chiefs' Week 16 loss. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll catch up with Show and BK. Just previewing the Chiefs' game against the Cincinnati Bengals and what they need to do when they have the ball to get a win on Sunday. After that, myself and Pete Sweeney just broke down the Chiefs' injury report and highlighted some of our concerns moving forward with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. No, because I actually thought Richie was good in the in the return game, too. Started off the game with one and um, a punt return, too. He also brought some juice there. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good there. Let's update the chat a little bit. Very active chat who's got a lot of things to say. This is from Orlando on YouTube, coast to coast. My nine-year-old son said, Daddy, the Chiefs are ruining Christmas. It's okay, buddy. We're headed home so you can open your presents. That's what yesterday was for me, Orlando says, SMH, let's go Chiefs. We're at the point now, remember when, like, you know, you play Madden and, like, certain teams, like, you were off limits? Like, I remember growing up playing Madden, like, there was a no Falcons rule because it was Vic, like, there's no Falcons. For the (laughs) Chiefs forever, it was like, no Chiefs. You can't get, no Chiefs rule. Now, if you want to be the Chiefs, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Kids got Madden in their in their PlayStations and whatever yesterday. Like they stayed far away from the Chiefs' offense on Madden. You could hey that, that team now the off limits team is the Ravens. Yeah, they looked good yesterday. This is from Joshua on Facebook. Matt Nagy is not fixable. He is an average position coach, but a horrible coordinator. No fire, no accountability. Uh, Pete Sweeney and I have been going back and forth for a while about the Eric Bieniemy conversation, and maybe we can touch on that quickly. <laughs> Chris on X says Connor Embry, first year wide receiver coach, no Mike Kafka. I think we were talking about the differences between last year and this year. I don't know how you can't at least give Matt Nagy a piece of the accountability pie, Mark Gunnels, like. At the end of the day, even if you want to put the wide receivers in their own group, 
the running game and the offensive line, what they put on tape yesterday is not playoff caliber. And I think Mike Nag- or excuse me, I think Matt Nagy owns a piece of that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think everybody uh, gets a piece of the blame in this. It's not just one person or one group. You know, even Mahomes deserves some blame in this. I mean, there's plenty of times where we see guys that are actually open. You know, I know it doesn't happen very often, but there are times where there are guys open down the field and, you know, he just doesn't see it. And, you know, I think it's a direct result of not trusting the offensive line, protecting long enough, not trusting the receivers to be in the right spot or attack the ball in the air or even just catch the ball, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I hate seeing my franchise quarterback having to run as much as he did yesterday. It really broke my heart, Aaron, because it, that just tells me that either guys aren't getting open or he's just not trusting what he's seeing out there. Or it's a mixture of both. And that, that's, that's a bad problem to have this late in the year, which goes to your point that this is not fixable, but I'm still going to hold out some, some optimism there. Let's talk playoff picture. I, I had a little fun with you on X because this is this is from Mark A. Gunnels. Yeah, you were poking fun at me during the game. <laughs> this was pregame. This is Christmas Eve, six thirty on Christmas Eve. You had nothing else to do, so you sent this message out on social media. The one seed is still possible, unlikely, but it's not far fetched. The Chiefs still need to win out. The 49ers beat the Ravens. The Dolphins beat the Ravens. And the Bills beat the Dolphins. Like, you had it all figured out. You had it all mapped out. You look like that dude from It's Always Sunny with, like, the stuff all on there. And there's, like, uh, strings all over the board. I had a simple reply. LOL. LOL. Because I don't know how you even, like... And now we have more information because obviously the, the, the week is over and now we're looking at the last two regular season games trying to figure out. I think the one seed is no longer a factor, but I don't know how you can even mentally go there when you see what this team is doing on a week to week basis. Like I got no faith in them beating the Bengals this Sunday. None. But to my defense, before this game, all of their losses it's not like they were losing to bad teams. Before this game, the probably the worst team they lost to was the Packers. And they could still be a playoff team. Or you could say the Broncos. I mean, they're both, but they're in the same tier. But they're still in the playoff mix. So it's not like they're losing to these bottom-of-the-barrel teams. So I don't think me saying that they could have beat the Raiders at home when they were 10-point favorites, that they could beat the Bengals when they are 7-point favorites and beating the Chargers, I don't think that was crazy to say before it happened. So, like, to, for you to act disingenuous is pretty nasty. Because even before the, <laughs> you, you didn't you didn't pick you didn't pick the Raiders to win this game. No, but I didn't. I, I mean, like, I had no. F- I just thought the 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 one seed conversation was a little. It was a little premature. It, it, it was like if the Chiefs were to. And I think I said this last week. I, I want Sir to go back and pull this. Like, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year, it would be the greatest coaching job that Andy Reid has ever done because they do not, they're not a Super Bowl caliber team. They're not clicking at all cylinders, not playing like a playoff team, right? They're not playing well. So, like for them to get the one seed, they would even be backing into it. And I I just appreciate now that that is put to bed because it's it, there's no more hiding. This is who they are. This is this is where they are also currently. And like 
it's bigger than the wide receiver room. We've been talking about the wide receiver room for effing nine months now. Like there are more problems on the offense than just the lack of talent in the wide receiver room. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you can't blame me, man. Um, I'm used to the Chiefs coming out and somehow getting some luck happen at the end where the seating just works out perfectly for them. So I still thought it was a it was a possibility, man. So what seed you thinking now? Get, get, what, what is the what's the most likely scenario you see here? Two games left. Bengals Chargers. Obviously, the Ravens got a big win last night, which <laughs> that was right on your on your wish list that got crossed off. Sorry, everything I wanted to happen didn't happen. The Dolphins lost to the cow. Dolphins beat the Cowboys. The Niners lost to the Ravens, and the Chiefs lost. <laughs> you went over me. I went over four. <laughs> but um so i mean they'll most likely settle in where they're at now is the three seed because here's the thing they can't even get the two seed really unless the patriots beat the bills because here here's the scenario if the dolphins lose out which just could happen because they play the ravens and the bills and the chiefs went out they will be over the dolphins but the problem is the bills could still win that division <laughs> and if the bills win that division that means they jumped the Chiefs because they beat the Chiefs head-to-head. And the Bills got to play the Patriots and then the Dolphins Week 18, which could be for that division crown. So that's why the two-seed is probably unlikely to happen since you lost to Buffalo head-to-head. So I, I think whoever wins that division will be the two-seed, either the Dolphins or the Bills, and the Chiefs will settle in at three where they're at right now. I hate to be the Grinch here, but you know the AFC West is still up for grabs too, technically. Yeah, there's still a possibility. There's still a possibility. What percentage would you put on? And I I believe the scenario is Chiefs lose out, which I don't think is extremely likely, but Chiefs lose out, Raiders win out, Las Vegas would have the tiebreaker. What percentage do you put on on that potentially happening, considering the Chiefs have lost five of their last eight? Um, I think think it's about 5%. Yeah, I I think it's really low. Serta. Yeah, it, it, it's it's about five percent. I, I think. I mean, because the Raiders. I mean, let's say let's go let's go into this world where the Chiefs lose to the Bengals. Let, let's just go there. The Raiders don't have an easy game this week. They got to play the Colts in Indianapolis, and they're fighting for their playoff lives right now. They're the seventh seed, so that that's not going to be an easy game. And then I'm not sure who they who the Raiders play week 18. Let me look it up real quick. Somebody in the division probably Denver. Uh, they play the Broncos in Vegas. So. I can go either way. So, I mean, but obviously the Chiefs just take care of business and get it over with if you can beat the Bengals. But Aaron Ladd has no confidence they're going to do that. It reminded it, it was the mo- it was the most the game has ever reminded me of the before times, the the the, the before era. Uh, and, you know, just with how sloppy the execution was, how lost everyone looked um, on Christmas Day, man. I don't know. That was just a, I was I was very disappointed. I know I keep saying it, but, you know, this team isn't supposed to have these stinkers in in, in in moments like this where they need a win to clinch the they would have won the AFC West at home on Christmas Day if they come out with a good effort and instead they're nine and six still needing to win a game but they have let the Raiders and Broncos stay alive in this division race which is crazy to think about Stags but mm-hmm. I'm just I am you know we'll get into the nitty-gritty but I'm, I'm just letting the emotions out Stags because it really was one of the most disappointing this point I've ever been walking out of Arrowhead just with the effort and, and the overall execution from the offense, from, you know, the unit that's supposed to be carrying this team, man, that's just frustrating. 
Yeah, I was pretty disillusioned as well. Trying to write the winners and losers, losers article. This was one of those weeks where I was just like, I don't even know that you can single out any one part of this offense or the, even this team overall and say, oh, this guy was the problem this week. There were so many different failures on so many different parts. Pass protection breakdowns. Wandy Morris really struggled. Uh, you had, again, poor efficiency out of the receivers. You had – you had MVS leading the team in, in receiver snaps and getting one target and, and not catching it. This is There was just so many mistakes and so many failures. If you read the winners and losers piece on airheadpride.com, you'll see. Uh, I just I was like, forget it. The winners of the defense, losers of the offense, special teams and coaching. Uh, I mean, it just really was a, a, a total team effort. Um, the only thing – that you can hang your hat on in this week was the defense up until they absolutely had to get a stop in that final drive and they weren't able to do so. So it, it really was a, a collective effort. Um, this, you know, they really came together for the holidays. This team. <laughs> well, no. And, and Jeff Schwartz, I know we talked about it pre-show. Uh, he had a tweet that kind of pretty much encapsulated it, you know, in terms of what kind of is going wrong with the chiefs offense, you know, and, and it's just, Andy Reid talks about it in, in press conferences and it drives everyone crazy because it sounds like the same thing over and over, but he just says, Hey, we're just a tick off. And, and he says it so frustratingly, right? Like Andy is not happy to tell you that they're just a tick off, but they are. But you know, Jeff Schwartz put it, pr- put it pretty good. This was his tweet. Uh, and he had a string of tweets, but I'll just uh, say the one a wide receiver is open, but the right tackles beat him. Mahomes can't get the ball there. The protection is good, but no one is open. The protection is good, and the receiver doesn't understand where to settle in the zone. Protection is good, and ball sails on Mahomes. The left tackles beat quickly, so Mahomes has to pull his eyes down when someone is open to get open or is about to get open. The right guard has a poor block in the run game, so it's a short gain, et cetera. And then Mahomes just doesn't trust many guys. And it's and it's true. It's a, it's a, it's like a virus. It's infecting this MVP quarterback, and he himself, and, and we'll get into it a little bit, but he himself is not not playing super well. And it's not to say that it's it's his fault. It's just that this offense right now is so dysfunctional, um, so just here or there. Uh, and when he says, and when Andy Reese says they're a tick off, it's like they're like a tick off every play. And and you know that adds up to a nine and six record. The first time the Chiefs have lost six games in a season with Patrick Mahomes, I really didn't think we'd ever see them maybe drop that far. And I know there's the extra game this season, but you know six losses, you know that. That's I you know in his prime is is a significant thing um to me and and so yeah I'm it, it's one of those things where it's just one thing here one thing there on the offense and you know we got plenty of questions about the specifics but you know it truly is I'm glad you put it just as a group because it truly was a group effort in and losing this game on the offensive side it's it's mistake whack a mole with this team every single week it yeah is, it is one thing popping up you know you you can't really address that because something else is going to pop up. You saw the frustration boiling over with Mahomes yelling at the, the sidelines and, and Kelsey spiking his helmet and Reed getting mad about yeah. Kelsey spiking his helmet. Like this team is is they I don't think they they quite can put their finger on what's wrong and how to fix it. I know, and that's what ain't that's why Andy he that's what he's trying to you know Andy's not going to give you much anyway, but you know there's only so much he can say right now. Like what else is he supposed to say? Like hey, you know. If we're not executing, there's just nothing else. You know, there's there's not much. You know, dropping passes, fumbles, penalties. Like, there's only so much a coach can say in front of the media that's gonna you know change anything. And 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 really, it's not gonna change much. But 
You also mentioned the special teams, you know, Harrison Butker missing a field goal. You know, Tommy Townsend shanked the punt at a at a bad spot in the game. Uh, he stood there with, yeah. with his head over his hand or his hands over his head for like a legit 15, 20 seconds. He just stood there shocked and, uh, you know, it it really did encapsulate the game. And and you did put the coaching, too, which we'll get into more. We have questions about specific coaching things. But I really, really was 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 not a fan of some of the play calls. Uh, you know, it worked at times, but specifically on the first scoop and score stags. You know, they just scored a touchdown with a direct snap handoff to Pacheco, and it worked great. Awesome play. I was it was super impressive. The next time they're on offense, they run a direct snap to Pacheco again, but now they're backed up in uh, in their own territory, and pressure. All the all happens is pressure just kind of scares Pacheco, and and he tries to pull it to save the play, and it ends up in a fumble because it was supposed to be a handoff to Mahomes, who then. rolled back out right and like threw it right it was supposed to be a, a design rollout and it would have worked kelsey was going to be wide open um so it's one of those things where it's like i like the play design maybe not right there maybe not in that moment they just saw you run a direct snap to pacheco and and there is something too like the defensive line like th- there's not much cadence there's probably not much it's probably a pretty simple cadence when the running back is the one calling the play right like there is probably something too you know uh d-line be able to penetrate easier in that kind of play especially if they just saw them do it the play before they were on the field. So I had a problem with that, um, but we'll get into more specifics as we get into it. Yeah, that was a mess. And, and yeah, you, I could see how you'd run the same look two different ways and have some success the second time around. Like if they, they just saw Pacheco run it the second time you, you, Mahomes gets the ball back, right? Yeah. But save that for the next red zone trip. Right. Later in the <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, there that there was no reason for that uh, at, at all. That made no sense. Uh, there was also a lot of they were seem to be running kind of um, those screen passes uh, to receivers right into the teeth of, of what the defense was was anticipating. Those uh, those charts that show the distribution of passes from Mahomes uh, that it was pretty pretty ugly this week, right? Like everything was at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and you know, I you do get that to an extent with the Chiefs offense when you're seeing a lot of too high and they're not allowing you to get vertical down the field and they're not allowing you to find space, you know, kind of in the intermediate game because they're clouding it up. I get when that happens, but the Raiders were flying to the line of scrimmage all game. They were abandoning the vertical planes of the field and it's because they, they don't they have no worry about MVS and Justin Watson getting behind them. They have no worry about this offense trying to beat them vertically. Mahomes only completed one pass down the field. It was that Richie James um, 45 yard pass, which Richie James was just wide open. Um, you know, great play, awesome. Uh, but you know, it this this defense, this Raiders defense had no worries at all. And and that's the the thing with when you mentioned the screen passes, it's like, how are you continuing to run those when you know they're they are flying to the line of scrimmage and taking them away? There was one that popped. Kelsey popped one. But then we got we had the Clyde screen, right? One of the best plays of the game. Get some deep into the the goal to into a goal to go situation, and then we run two consecutive wide receiver screens to Travis Kelsey. The first one incomplete, and then we just do it again to the other side. Actually, gets bobbled this time, um, but gets corralled. That drove me crazy. And now it's third and goal. You didn't have you didn't throw into the end zone. You didn't even try yeah. to do anything besides the same stuff. And in the red zone, it's even harder to, to run one of those because the Defenders are all right there. They, there's not. There's no deep half to take them to. Yeah, I mean, Ugh. 
is there something that you could you could show them that look and then sort of fake off of that, right? Like, is are there is there other if you know that that's what they're going to be keying on, is there something you can play off of that and and, and use a little bit of creativity? But yeah, he's got to be able to throw the ball down the field. There was another tweet that I thought was really insightful that uh, I saw, and I'd, I'd love to give it credit, but I don't remember who who it was. But Mahomes really hasn't been throwing in rhythm to the design reads. Every single play feels like a, a scramble, a fire drill. And and Mahomes is good at that to some extent, <clears throat> but it can't be every play. Like this offense has got to find some way to execute play in, play out, in rhythm, the way it's designed to go, and then save those scramble drills for when you need them. Right, exactly. And and it always you, whenever you see a Mahomes big rushing game like these 53 yards he had, it always coincides with a, a, a game that either they need it the most, right? Like a big playoff game or like a big game because he's not ever wasting a play. So if it's if it's not there, he's 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 finding yardage. He's he's going positive or it's one of his most inefficient games and, and this one falls into that category because whether it was the pressure, whether it was the receivers not getting open, whether it was the play calling, not necessarily manufacturing open receivers, he was not. And, and, and there were absolutely times where he was just missing the throws himself, but in terms of the scrambling thing, uh, it just seemed like he was not comfortable at all. And it got more and more uncomfortable as the game went on. The Raiders only blitzed Mahomes three times throughout the game. Um, and so that's pretty reminiscent of that Bengals game plan, right? Where they and and the Raiders did have times where they only rushed three, dropped eight into coverage, um, really clouded up that you know that short area of the field, and that's where you saw Mahomes have to kind of manufacture it himself. You know, that's that's the kind of stuff that makes you think of the 2021 AFC Championship and 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 what how he can get into his own head when he doesn't trust the receivers as much to 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 catch between tight windows and you know and 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 in short areas or he doesn't trust the pass protection to hold up against three man rush because unfortunately Wanye Morris did give up some pressures when it was just three guys he 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 allowed around the outside Mahomes was not comfortable with his blindside all game there's just a lot of stuff man uh there is a there is a lot of stuff uh you know and and but it all comes down to the fact that the pass offense really truly is just not threatening a defense down the field. Like I really feel like that is the core of it, that this pass mm-hmm. offense, whether it's the pass protection, whether it's the receivers cannot threaten downfield and, and, and defenses are, are, are selling out because they, they don't feel threatened at all. Yeah. Did you have anything else from the Insta breakdown this week that you wanted to share? This is uh well, we didn't talk much about the defense, so maybe we should, you know, sit here for a second, talk about the positivity, talk about maybe the details of, of how the defense played because, you know, early on, Chris Jones was unblockable. Um, I, I thought at first we were going to see a three-four sat game from him because uh, it seemed like every time Aiden O'Connell uh, wanted to drop back or in a play action, Chris Jones was, was winning through the line. Um, the defensive line, the pass rush was just re- relentless, especially you know once uh, you know the game kind of settled in and and uh, or you know at first I should say, but once the game settled in and the Raiders had a ten-point lead. You know, that's that's tough for the defense, right? They didn't even give up the 10 point lead, but now all of a sudden they're playing from behind. The Raiders can run the ball. They can kind of play, uh, you know, kind of dictate the the script a little bit, the game script. They're not having to play from behind. And so I think that did take away from the team's ability to get pass rush, even though it looked like it was they were primed for a big day. I think if the offense would have played a little better and, and put the Raiders in a hole, you would have seen a huge game from the, from the pass rush. 
But still, two sacks, a lot of pressure on Aiden O'Connell. And how about Legarius Need? You already mentioned the Devontae Adams thing, but but man, I don't know. He just keeps keeps shutting it down. I don't know. It, it is it is pretty ridiculous. So I, I I do think the defensive the pass defense being elite, only allowing forty eight net net yards is is definitely worth pointing out. I mean, it's it's that's how this team. If this team wants to make a run, still, I I think we all know it. it it's the defense and doing stuff like that that's gonna do it. 48 net yards is insane. Not completing a pass after the first quarter. Is, I mean. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And heading into that final drive, they were under 100 total yards, I think, or, or well under 200 total yards uh, as an offense, uh, the Raiders were. And then all of a sudden, you know, again, end of game, they they had to have it. You know, Zimmer White breaks off a couple of a couple of big runs and, and the game's over. Yeah. Um, you know, at that point, you know, the defense kind of probably is a little exhausted, a little demoralized, whatever. Right. But, but yeah, uh, really, you can't fault this defense at all for, for what they were able to do against the, the Raiders this week. And yeah, really encouraging stuff from Sneed. Sneed got hurt, came right back in and played later. You know, never missed a beat against, against Devontae Adams. And that was a, uh, that was really, really fun to see. Chris Jones had three quarterback hits. He definitely was consistent right. in getting home. Um, you know, there's some good stuff there. I saw. I like the tackle for loss from Mike Pinnell. I feel like he's been a pretty positive influence the last two weeks against the run. Um, you know, this is a guy who was part of the, you know, remember the MV, MV Pinnell talk oh, yeah. years ago when he was a part of that Super Bowl run, and that was what, part of what he did was just came in and solidified that run defense. Um you know, again, the stats, if you look at them now, aren't that impressive on the run defense. But but prior to that final drive, they they had shut everything down. Yeah, and it, it is worth pointing out on that play, the, the big touchdown run that really felt like the, you know, it, it was a nail in the coffin for sure. Or not touchdown run, excuse me, just a 42-yard run by Zamir White, like you mentioned. It, it is worth noting that, you know, Nick Bolton had a chance. He de- he definitely had a chance to shoot the gap, make the tackle. Um, and, and, and definitely, you know, definitely wasn't the greatest play on his part. And, and that's, and that's discouraging um, a little bit just in terms of, you know, it's the, it's the game, it's the moment, you know, you, you want to make that play, but you mentioned it like you can't, it's hard to say, all right, defense, you got to make that play when they made every play, play after play after play throughout the entire game. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right. Uh, we do it every week, mostly. Um, 
we'll see what happens against the Cincinnati Bengals. But when the Chiefs have the ball, um, is it anything more than can y'all just not do what y'all did last week? <laughs> is, there, is, there, is there anything more? Because the Bengals yeah. last week put up 11 points against the Steelers on the road. Now, I'm not saying Jake has had some moments, but is it anything more than can y'all just not let the other team score 14 points? you talking about when the Chiefs have the ball, right? When the Chiefs um, have the ball. Like, I, what's the I think it's very simple. This is the defense that you want to face when you've got a slump buster that you need to get out of. Uh, they're they're terrible. Uh, they, you can make an argument they are the worst defense in the NFL. I mean, this year in every statistical category, they're bottom three to five. Run, pass, average yards per drive. You want to look at third downs. Like at, The only place they've been okay this year is in the red zone. And that's just because they're getting there so damn much that teams have scored 30 touchdowns against them, but they've gotten there almost 60 times that the rate of scoring touchdowns in the red zone is pretty low. So that that's the only thing they do well. If the Chiefs can't get anything going offensively this week, even the most optimistic of Chiefs fans can go ahead and write this. Pack it in. Yeah, this is the it's, week. You, you got to put up 27 plus against this defense. Oh, you said 27. And against this defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they, they really have been that bad. Like they're, they're they've suffered a bunch of injuries, but they've also like them letting Jesse Bates walk in free agency was a huge loss. Their secondary hasn't been the same without him this season. But uh, Cam Taylor Britt's been banged up. But I, I think he returned to practice at least in a limited capacity this week. So he may be a back and available he's probably their best corner jw Wuzier, who they got had gotten really good years out of has taken a huge step back this season they just lost dj reader so now they can't stop the run like they've given up the most tight end yards in the nfl like this deep this Bengals defense just is not the same as it has been in years past like you can absolutely beat them if you're just Kind of competent on offense. Like, that's how bad they've been recently. Man, Lou, Lou, Lou be having Pat's number when when Pat is great. They <laughs> don't just, have the personnel for it anymore, though. Like, their personnel's bad. I know. We know who they're going up against, though, personnel-wise, right? Ron, the other thing that I would add, it, it looks like McCall um, Hardman did get a full participation today in practice. Yeah, Pacheco didn't. It, no, but get, I can't believe I'm saying this. Getting McColl back would be huge for this team, man. They just need somebody that adds some juice to the offense. And for all of my qualms with McColl Hardman, the guy is fast and he knows how to utilize his speed, especially when you're getting him going horizontally. So if they can use him a little bit more on some of those jet sweeps or getting him into motion and threatening on the sideline, it can open up space for other guys around him. And that's something they have not had in the last few weeks. So getting McColl back would be huge for this offense. I, listen, I'm not going to lie. McColl's a good one. I, I was sitting there watching that game against the Raiders thinking, I know I know, people don't want to be honest and admit this, but they, they missed Kadarius Toney in that game. And I think I think what you're saying yeah. with McColl. Yeah, Arden, MBS played like 80% of the snaps. <laughs> I just, they you know what? They can't be doing that. And listen, and I and you can say this. I want to say this. MVS should have had balls thrown to him. All right, I, I, I know I, you're saying he's done with that dude. Okay, but that, but but that's then 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 that to me that's that's silly. Okay, because you couldn't get anything going. All right, you can say he's done with him. I guess I guess 
that damn throw he threw where he was clearly open on the sideline and he banged it way behind him to get one hand on it. There are, there are times up the seams. There are times like he he was open. He was open. Now, I, like like what Phil, Phil Sims said after the game is, all right, man, you, if you're going around, going through the thing, looking at, all right, oh, he's open. Okay, I'm not going to throw it to him because I'm afraid he's going to drop it. He'll – you keep throwing it to Rasheed, who leads the team in drops with his with his nine over yeah, to MVS with this two player. That, that, that's fine. What? Yeah. Okay. What? Pretty effective Sunday, uh, Monday was he? All right. I'm just I'm just saying. Like at this point, you can't do. You're not doing nothing. All right. So I listen. Listen. MVS will be gone after this year, and he should be. They can completely upgrade that. But that, but that dude should have had some balls thrown to him, and the one that was thrown to him, like, yeah, it, it wasn't completed. And Tony Romo can kiss all of my ass. Like, I, I just and I just want I, I didn't mean to get here with Tony, but like, we got to stop doing this. This is Daryl Johnston's done it. Now Tony Romo, just, just, I mean, Rasheed Rice. Oh, he's got to cut back in. That, that Pat was expecting to cut back in right to the linebacker. Like, yeah, come on, oh, guys. that was bad. That like, was bad. Yeah. Like and then and then he hit and then he hit MVS. Oh, Tony's oh, just out there freewheeling it. Though. He, hit, he doesn't oh, he doesn't watch anything. He doesn't. Oh, care. he hit he hit uh, he hit MVS. Oh, he stopped running when Mahomes tried to throw that pick on the sideline when he should have just thrown it away. When Justin Watson was over there and he's trying not to bring another defender over there, which he ended up doing it. Nobody in the world thought Mahomes could try to throw that inbounds to catch any blank. Like we got to stop this. I know it's just fun to blame eleven, but like, I just, I just, I just want to see it. I want, I want to see him. Can we, can we do that? Can we get a one drop minimum? How about that, Pat? If you drop it, then we're not, then we're not gonna go back to you again. All right, we're done. You get pulled off. We want to go back to you again. I just, I, 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 but I do think I think they miss anyway. I miss. They think they. I think they missed the speed. You said Hardman, uh, Tony, whatever. Like, we would see both of those guys. When those guys come across in motion on jet sweeps or things like that, the little other stuff that they want to do to the other side of the field really works because everybody is moving that way, even in just one second. I mean, it it, it happened multiple times against the Patriots when Kandarius Tony would just run in motion or run, run behind and would open up stuff. It was the screen, the big, long screen, to to um to uh, to Clyde, by the way, who continues to play his ass off. The big screen to Clyde was a lot of it had to do because he came in motion like he was going to fake a reverse, and and it just took linebackers multiple steps the other way to open that all up. So they do miss that speed if they could get those dudes back. And to be honest with you, I think those two, as much as you can't stand up some of them, as we saw it, Patrick Mahomes, especially in that game, was looking for a certain amount of separation before he would throw the ball. Yeah. There is no anticipating throws with him, uh, especially in that game. And those two dudes can create separation faster than really anybody else. So I, I, uh, I, I think they did need them. And you know what? And I, and I think you all want to go here. You all have mentioned it not. Um, at some point, man, them five dudes up front got to swallow something. They got to grab something something in their in, in their loins or whatever because they have been, uh, I, don't really I know where they need to grab they need to get they need to get <laughs> it together they need to something there i mean they have been complete butt b u t t 
I'm mm. trying to be family. They have been complete butt this year at, at, at times. Now, I don't think it was 100% of the time against uh, against the Raiders, but it sure made 15 gun shy. Yeah. And it sure they were so bad in the first quarter that he was so so concerned about it that it didn't really matter what they did the rest of the game. And that's now on tape, so other teams are going to see it. And so, like, the Bengals, Trey Hendrickson, I wonder what he's going to do. Like, he's going to try to do his best Max Crosby impersonation. Yeah. And that's where Andy comes in. You got to help these cats. Like just can't, he, I mean, he, he tried. He gave them chip help. Like he did what he can, and they were still that bad. And that's part of the concern. Serta, do you know, like, do you think Trey Smith's going to play this week? I, I saw he's listed with an ankle and a knee now. Is it possible he ends up missing, do you think? Um, I'm not sure. I think a- Andy was kind of. Just he he doesn't ever really give you anything, yeah. so it's it, it it's something it to pay attention out of the game. to. Um, but I, I think that it's yeah he was limited on Wednesday, so we're recording this a little early. So okay. we if he's at least getting a limited, in, I w- I would guess he'll probably end up playing. But it's not great that he's he's limited. I feel like he's been dealing with injuries most of this season. Um, he he has had a really underwhelming year coming off of what was a great season for him last season. Uh, that that right side is really what I would hone in on. I don't have high expectations for a rookie third round pick at left tackle. Trey Smith and Jawan Taylor should be better than this man. Absolutely. And I can live with Jawan Taylor being bad and run blocking as long as he's dominant and pass pro. And he's been bad on both sides of things. So those guys got to get it going again. This is a big week for them offensively in general because this is a bad defense. But they do have Trey Hendrickson, and he hasn't had a huge year this year, but he's been pretty good again. That's like the one guy that can concern you. Um, he, he'll get after the passer. We've seen that in previous seasons. And if their tackles are, once again, the way that they were last week, he can wreck your game. And you end up getting screwed because you let Trey Hendrickson beat you. All right, what about when the Bengals have the ball? Uh, what's your thoughts there? Jamar Chase thing, that's going to be a, a big thing to watch. I don't watch. think he's going to play. I don't think he is either. Um, uh, he, I was not, he did not practice on Wednesday. Yeah. Ron, I think this is simple. It's two guys that can hurt you, and really it's just one. Just defense Higgins. And I know Legereus Sneed was limited in practice today. I fully anticipate that he'll probably play this weekend. And if he does, there you go. That's your way to go ahead and defend T. Higgins because Legereus Sneed takes care of business against everybody. Uh, if and when he's able to do that, the other thing you got to watch out for is uh, Chase Brown, actually. He is their best running back at this point in the season. He really helps them out in the passing game. He's creating explosives in the passing game. And I love Nick Bolton. He's one of my favorite players. That's a Mizzou guy. He is not good against the pass. I think you should see a lot more this week of um, Drew Tranquil because he's a guy that can help you in that regard. So those would be the two things that I would watch. Otherwise, man, this offense is just yeah. Don't don't let it, out there. Yeah, yeah, and also don't let you know Trent McDuffie. Don't let Tyler Boyd kind of he can he can get swirly sometimes out of the slot. So that, yeah, that, I mean, and Tyler Boyd just had. A bad year like he he has not been an effective player i think it's it, it's higgins and, and chase brown and joe mixon's had a couple of nice moments recently but chase brown looks like he is he's got a lot of juice like he could be yeah. a, a real like playmaker for them moving forward i i, I will say in this raiders game that listen the, the defense was really good except for the final drive um hey but, your boy chris showed up 
I was going to say, Chris, it was good, good to see Chris Jones. Got him a sack early, created a, at least another one for Ch Ch uh, for Charles Amenahue. And you got to have that guy. And I think the number one thing, and I, hey, and I said this, I think it was Thanksgiving. I remember it was Thanksgiving. We did an episode going into that week. And I, I, I said, the Chiefs defense has been really good, but it is clear that their offense needs help. And they have got to start turning people over. Like that, that's the next step. It's not just like it was clear. It was clear to me at that point, And now we have really dropped even worse. And not just the Raider game, like other games, it, it, it has dropped. They need help with short fields. They need help with turning the ball over and hell scoring like the Raiders did in this game. And listen, six points should be enough to do it. But we clearly see they need more help than that. I think they are a great defense. The thing that I think keeps them away from being potentially one that we're looking at like, yo, we want to start pitting these guys up against other ones is that they just don't turn the ball over enough. And they've got to start doing that. That's got to be a concerted effort for them to do, which really kind of sucks because if if that's something that you potentially do, you may be leaving yourself open for certain things and, and potentially taking chances, but they, that's the thing for this team. Cause listen, they're not giving up on it in there, you know, in that locker room, they have not run out of, uh, of paths that they, of, of how they can get themselves to the Super Bowl. So if the defense continues to hold people down, the next step is they got to start turning people over. Yeah. They only have two turnovers, two takeaways in their last five games defensively. That's got to improve. And some of this is like, Hey, Based on the way that these games are being played, the opposition isn't having to throw a ton. And when they do, they, it's not like they're taking deep shots, the more risky throws. You don't have to do that because the games are either close or they're winning. Uh, like this week against the Raiders, hey man, pretty tough to create a turnover when all they're doing is just running up the gut every time and trying to hold onto the ball as tight as humanly possible because they knew that's the only way they were going to lose the game uh, after the end of the second quarter. So um, that's something that we got to keep in mind as well. The offense can help the defense create those takeaways. Unfortunately, I just don't know that the offense is truly capable of that. But um, if you are, if you get ahead, this is a team that you can create some turnovers against. But again, you got to get ahead first. Week 17, uh, we got some fantasy championships to go win, and hopefully the Chiefs bounce back after their worst performance of the season in Week 16 against the Raiders. Yeah, a little bit later of a report this week since we didn't really have any media with the, the Monday game. So we had our first media since that post-game presser yesterday, and uh, you can just feel the frustration, I think, uh, from both Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid, and they're – they're basically saying what they've said for 15 or 16 weeks as far as fixing and cleaning and continuing to work. And, you know, at a certain point, sure, I know that's going to annoy some fans, but and the other, you know, the other side of it, it, it's what else can they say? I mean, they just really have to keep trying to work through it and see if they can't figure this thing out in these final two games. And look, you know, Sunday's important for seeding and, and just trying to get some confidence behind you. This is not a confident football team right now. And I think you want to, Build some of that ahead of the playoffs. Yeah, and it, it's just it, – it's strange, Pete, because we've seen even in the Mahomes era, like we've seen this team have some lows, and 
it, it just doesn't feel like they've ever been as low as they are right now. And we're seeing right. it week after week. And it's obviously after that performance against the Raiders, it's hard to feel confident in this Chiefs team right now. And I think a lot of people are at the point where they're like, this is not a Super Bowl caliber team. Season's over. Like, we're going to get to the playoffs and we're just going to lose to a better team in the AFC. And honestly, it's hard not to feel that way right now when you see what the Chiefs are putting on the field week after week. I mean, we're, we're headed into week 17, and I, I, I just don't see how you could feel better about this Chiefs team than you did a month ago. No, uh, you got to feel pretty bad. Uh, and and it was palpable, like I said yesterday, Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes spoke to the media. We did enter the locker room briefly, but uh, in the local – in the open locker room period for local media – Hardly any offensive players were in there. I think we saw Juwan Taylor come in quickly to uh, you know, grab something from his locker, and, and then he ended up leaving. And so the only voice we really heard during yesterday, yesterday's media availability was of Patrick Mahomes. So these guys, I, I think, you know, their lack of statements or wanting to talk and, and all that means you know, they're, they're back to, to work. We did hear Travis Kelsey on the podcast essentially complain about everybody, really. I mean, including himself, he, he kind of said that he's not playing well and, the rest of the players have been out of sync and not playing well, and they need to put more work in. And so we anticipate they'll do that this week. Uh, I, I think we can safely say this, knock on wood. I, it would be hard for the offense to look any worse than they did against the Las Vegas Raiders. And so let's see how they can improve from last week's uh, terrible performance. And it might be tough as, you know, it, it felt like the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago were kind of turning a corner and getting healthy right. with the injuries. And now all of a sudden the injury report is as long as it's been at, at any point this year. Uh, tackle right. Donovan Smith still not at practice on Wednesday dealing with the neck injury. Isaiah Pacheco's in the concussion protocol and still listed with that shoulder uh, cleanup issue that he had uh, a couple of weeks ago. He did not practice on Wednesday. I think. He's obviously going to be the biggest one to watch ahead of this matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. Kadarius Toney out of practice again with a hip injury. Legereus Sneed not in practice on Wednesday with a calf injury. That's going to be obviously something to monitor here, too, for the Kansas City Chiefs. And Jalen Watson was out of practice on Wednesday dealing with an illness. So several key players that uh, you want to pay attention to ahead of this matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals and chiefs could be shorthanded on Sunday. Yeah. These are all uh, injuries uh, to kind of watch here. Uh, you, you know, going through them really quickly, the chiefs are on a short week. So they go from playing on Monday evening when Isaiah Pacheco suffered his concussion to having to play on Sunday, which is shorter than usual. Um, so anything that players can recover from these things sometimes in seven days, but I, I think they're going to be cautious there. We've seen the NFL try to be cautious at times, you know, just depending on the, the situation in the game with concussion. And so I don't know if the Chiefs are necessarily relying on Isaiah Pacheco back for, the, for this game. Uh, you know, you're going to need Pacheco in the postseason. And so I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire can handle the load, um, which has been one of the pleasant surprises down the stretch here that Clyde has actually been so good. Quarterback Legere Seed is one to watch. Uh, when you're looking at an injury report, you never are looking to see knee, but we've just seen knee so many times with Legere Sneed that uh, he's been limited with the knee and then he'll end up playing, that type of thing. This is a calf injury, so that's a, a new uh, injury, and so that gives me a actually a little bit of a greater concern with him specifically than like a knee would. We'll see if he practices on, on Thursday. As we all know, uh, with, with Jamar Chase uh, not practicing but going through a walkthrough on Wednesday, you're going to want to have uh, Legere seen in the mix. 
Donovan Smith suffered a, a setback last week pretty clearly. He tried to practice on Thursday and then didn't practice the rest of the week, so expecting another start from Wanya Morris. Jalen Watson, you're going to need that depth with it, potentially without Snead, but he, he just had a sickness. So you would think that by Sunday he would be okay. And then wide receiver Kadarius Tony, he's, he's missed his fourth straight practice, and this stems from the performance in which he had the, the offsides. He's been dealing with a, a hip issue. I wouldn't expect him necessarily back this week. One good thing for the Chiefs is McCole Hardman uh, did log full participation. He's not injured reserve. I tend to think he's training in the right direction to be activated. So if you don't have Tony, maybe you get Hardman back. It's also worth mentioning that guard Trey Smith was a limited participant in practice. He's listed with an ankle and a knee injury. So, uh, I mean, it, it seems like he's trending in the right direction, but that could be another thing to watch for the Kansas City Chiefs. Just very banged up right now. And on the Legereus Sneed injury, um, you, you saw him go down in that game against the Raiders. And obviously he was able to come back into the game, only missed a few snaps. But I would have to imagine that's where the calf injury came up and he was able to play through it. So that could still be encouraging for Sneed this week, just uh, assuming he doesn't suffer any setbacks or anything in practice this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he's a veteran. He's, he's kind of known how to manage injuries before. Um, I think you'll probably see him at least log some limited looks this week and he might be hit with the, the questionable tag. It might just be someone to watch on Sunday, but that's significant. I mean, I, I don't know how much coverage it'll get, but that is worth watching, it, especially if there's a even a chance that, that Jamar Chase can go, even if he's a game-time decision. So we walk into Sunday, and the Snead-Chase connection are a shared game-time decision. Uh, there's going to be an advantage if one of these guys can, can suit up. Yeah, and the Jamar Chase injury, as you mentioned already, um, that's obviously what we're going to be locked into Um and Jamar Chase has historically given the Chiefs a lot of problems. Uh, obviously, he's dealing with that shoulder issue that has kept him out for uh, these last couple of weeks. And wide receiver T. Higgins has been spectacular uh, stepping in for Chase and just kind of taking over that number one wide receiver role. We know how talented he is. And so it, it comes down to, you know, if it's Chase, if it's Higgins, like, Either way, both these guys are number one caliber wide receivers, and then you factor in Legereus Sneed dealing with a calf injury. It could set up for a really tough matchup on Sunday, especially after the Chiefs just had a huge letdown performance against the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and they, they just have to get that back on track. I, I know that we can analyze what, what's been happening. Um, everything was wrong with the offense last week. Um, you can tell everyone's taking blame. Uh, Patrick Mahomes even said he, he might have been drifting back uh, a little bit. Uh, the offensive line very clearly was a mess to start the game and could never really recover. And I think by the time maybe it did, Mahomes was had that happy feed and, and was having to look down and not looking downfield. And, 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 you know, it's hard to blame him in, in that sense. And then, but the pass catchers and, and man coverage has a problem now uh, with, with them defeating man coverage. So they got to find some man beaters and some ways just to get into rhythm early. Uh, one of the things that we've seen from the Chiefs, I think, all year long. Uh, has been slower starts or, you know, maybe they start fast and then all of a sudden taper off in the second quarter. It'd be nice for them to log just a, a full half where you're feeling good uh, about the offense and, and at least putting up three on every possession, trying to get six, right. But putting up three on every possession. Um, and I, you know, I, like I keep saying the same thing. I've been saying the same thing for five months now, uh, but if they play a clean game, they're a better team than the Bengals. They are. Um, but the chances of them playing a clean game, it, it just seems, um, less likely than them making a mistake or two or putting a turnover on the board, stuff like that. And, you know, really looking at this Bengals matchup, and I don't know how locked in Chiefs fans have been to this Cincinnati team this season, especially since Joe Burrow has gone down. But 
Uh, cornerback Cam Taylor Britt was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. He's been on injured reserve, and he is by far the Bengals' best cornerback this season. So if he's able to go in this matchup, that could be a huge boost for their defense. But I, I think Chiefs fans look at this Bengals' defense and, and think about like what it has done over the last couple of years with defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo being one of the bright spots in the NFL from a defensive coordinator position. And he has really done a lot with that Cincinnati unit over the last couple of years, but this season their defense has not been the same. Um, obviously they lost Jesse Bates in free agency and Jesse Bates is having an all pro caliber season in Atlanta. Daxon Hill has not really stepped in and, uh, and filled those shoes in the same way that Bates has in Atlanta. And then, you know, their cornerbacks, Cam Taylor Britt's been on IR. Chidobia Wouzier is taking a huge step back this season. Like they still have Trey Hendrickson, who's having a nice year. But overall, this Bengals defense has taken a huge step back this season. So on paper, this is actually a good bounce back spot for the Chiefs offense if they can just, you know, not not create turnovers uh, for no reason, if they can find a way to score some points. Like this is actually a great matchup for the Chiefs offense to try to get back on track because the Bengals have been getting burned by everybody, Pete. Yeah, I mean, I think these two games uh, are are places where the Chiefs, it, it is a matched up well to rebound. I just, it, it's going to be an interesting sequence of the next three to four weeks, I, I find, because I, like my spidey sense is telling me that the Chiefs are going to put it together on Sunday uh, and, and start making people feel better. Uh, and I think they find a way to also win that week 18 game if they need to. I mean, there are is are scenarios here where they can get locked in for three. And this could be the last time we see the starters um, until the wild card weekend, which we know the Chiefs will be participating in. And so um, I think they play well these next two weeks. I do think they find a way to win. Uh, I think should they not get matched up with the Buffalo Bills in the wild card round, that's going to be another winnable game against an opponent that they can can defeat at home i think where it'll get interesting is that fourth week and you know say between now and then you have three wins or you win one game and maybe you rest the starters in week 18 and you win that second game i think people are going to be start to feel really good about the chiefs and it just you know can will they be able to keep that up in the divisional round the divisional round uh, is for me right now going to be I, you know, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to look ahead. I'm not trying to go around Andy Reid and Mahomes. I always like to take it day by day. But the divisional round is going to be the key test. Um, and so, you know, you want to feel good about yourself going into the playoffs. You want to be able to win that wild card game and get back to the final eight, you know, even without the bye. But it's like once they play that playoff contender that already won a playoff game or, or has managed to get to the, the second round, uh, can they – keep up the steam I think they're going to build here over the next uh, three weeks remains to be seen it's going to be fascinating to watch this is the this is a the the Chiefs team in the Mahomes era that I think has the most questions entering the postseason you know and I know they didn't end up winning the Super Bowl every year but you you kind of entered knowing okay the Chiefs are dangerous they're going to be one of these contenders where you know this year it's a little bit more interesting actually from a you know from a storyline standpoint they're a little bit up against the ropes going into it Still anyone's game. We've seen wildcard teams win the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, we have seen teams playing on wildcard weekend win the Super Bowl. It happens often. Uh, we've been fortunate to have the bye. Um, but, I, you know, there is time left. Uh, it's it's what are the Chiefs going to do with 